Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Okay, welcome back to the February 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club podcast. Coming to you from St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. I'm Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. James Doherty, one of the accredited registrars. The next paper we're looking at is Muscle versus Fasciocutaneous Free Flaps in Lower Extremity Traumatic Reconstruction, a multi-center outcomes analysis um, by Cho et al. And uh, this is from, I think, the current PRX, uh, yeah, um, in 2018. All right, so what was this paper about? So the basic issue and the basic question here is, are muscle flaps superior to fasciocutaneous free flaps in coverage and reconstruction of lower limb trauma? And they were looking at reconstructive and functional outcomes. Now this was a multi-center retrospective review that occurred over the campuses of Duke University Medical Center and the University of Pennsylvania Medical Center. Now, the patients, it was a retrospective review on all patients who underwent muscle or fasciocutaneous free flap repair for a lower extremity traumatic defect. And in this, they had 370 cases at Duke University Medical Center and 148 over the University of Pennsylvania campuses. Now, this was over a 17 year period of 1997 to 2003. They classified their patients into two subgroups. One was acute defects sustained due to the tra- to trauma repaired within 30 days. And group two was chronic defects secondary to traumatic sequelae and, such as osteomyelitis or non-union. And these were operations 30, over 30 days after the traumatic event. Now, their measures, they split these into the primary endpoints of limb salvage, return to ambulation, flap thrombosis, either intra or post-op, flap salvage when there'd been an episode of thrombosis, total flap loss, non-union requiring bone grafting in Gastillo 3B fractures, and then their secondary endpoint was reoperation for refinement or other procedures on the flap. Their statistics were a comprehensive suite of statistical measures to determine the effect of flap choice on primary and secondary outcomes, and it's a bit too long to go through here, but the full details are in the paper. Their results, they did 518 lower extremity free flaps over the 17 year period. 46% or 238 of these were for acute traumatic injuries and 54% or 280 were for chronic traumatic sequelae of the initial trauma. The mean follow up period was 4.2 plus or minus 9.1 years. There were 307 muscle flaps and 211 fasciocutaneous free flaps. Their overall flap loss rate was 8% across muscle and fasciocutaneous free flaps. Their overall amputation rate was 6%. Their mean return to ambulation time was 6.1 months, plus or minus 9.1 months. And this was from the date of reconstruction, not the date of injury. In terms of the reconstructive and functional outcomes, they found that there was no significant differences between the flap groups, that's muscle and fasciocutaneous, in the rates of flap thrombosis, flap salvage after thrombosis, flap loss. 
there was no difference between the two flap groups in terms of post-operative rates of tibial non-union, and there was no significant difference in the cumulative limb salvage rates that they had. There was also no difference in the time period for recovery. In terms of their secondary flap procedures and their secondary outcomes, they had one third of all patients undergoing a secondary flap refinement procedure, and there was no difference in the rate of refinement for a fasciocutaneous versus a muscle flap. That said, they were biased towards using fasciocutaneous flaps when they knew that their flap needed to be re-elevated for revision, revisional orthopedic procedures. In conclusion, they found that with this large set of data, there is no risk-adjusted effect of flap choice on limb salvage or functional recovery. The good things about this study, as they allude to in their paper, it's the largest published outcome analysis of muscles versus fasciocutaneous free tissue transfer in lower extremity traumatic reconstruction. The problems with this paper, flap choice was based on surgeon decision and not independent of the size of the defect. It may have been biased towards evolving protocols at the participating centres, and we see that not only did they start to use more fasciocutaneous free flaps as time progressed throughout the 17 years, but also that fasciocutaneous free flaps were selected for use in cases where orthopaedic revision was more likely. There was also no mention of donor site morbidity in this paper. The take-home message, however, is, is clear. There is level three clinical evidence that dispels the notion that muscle free flaps are inherently superior to fasciocutaneous free flaps when used in the management of open lower extremity wounds. This was a fantastic, very large retrospective study on a prospectively maintained database. As you point out, the flap selection was not randomised. You know, there was a, a conscious decision made that for this particular defect in this particular patient, I'm going to do this flap. Um, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a randomised study in any way. But certainly, it does aid the argument that there did not appear to be any worse outcomes for patients who underwent fasciocutaneous free flap reconstruction. Traditional teaching, and in the discussion which we had this evening after the Journal Club, some of the, um, uh, some of the consultant surgeons here were saying that, uh, oh, well, I still like muscle, I want to use muscle. Um, but certainly that is traditional teaching to use a muscle free flap. In the paper, they did say they did have a very large defect um, that they did like to use the latissimus dorsi flap. Um, but um, for me, I really like the antrolateral thigh flap. You can see that in their paper, that's greatly increased or uh, increased its popularity in recent years. It can be raised in a two-team approach. The morbidity of its um, harvest is small. It has a long pedicle with good caliper vessels, and I think it, in many ways the ideal free flap for, uh, for many cases of, of lower limb reconstruction. One of the things we discussed which was interesting in their paper was the large number of radial forearm free flaps which were done for lower limb reconstruction. That's just certainly something that was well, certainly here in Sydney. Um, uh, you know, I've never seen anyone take a radial forearm uh, to put it on the lower limb. You'd much rather use any other um, flap with a, a better donor site than a radial forearm. Um, but I thought it was good. It was a great paper otherwise, and it is a very large data set, and this is the kind of research we need to further our specialty. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes.
and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.